From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. This is making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with a telephone number of 919-860-9783. Let me tell you the lineup. Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Air. Am I right or heating and cooling? Heating and cooling. Heating and cooling. I so apologize it's all right. to everybody else. You know, what's funny is that we rarely talk at all about Comfort First. I mean, in in specific terms, it is an HVAC company. Correct. And as a part of the HVAC company, you guys have all the talent that you would need to to get a generator company going. We have You're- a yes, we have a full time generator division um, that is a part of the Comfort First family. Right. Yeah. Right, and you're gen- you're the guy with the generator division. That's correct. Man, you needed some uh, uh, the best advertisement at my house for your services was last night. There was a thunderclap, a single clap of thunder, that was unbelievable. I didn't hear about the lightning. Yeah, but the single clap of thunder reminded us, and you know the weather changing. Yeah. There are trees down all over the place. Well, there's power outages today here in the Raleigh area. Yeah. Uh, Apex and Cary, I've, I've been monitoring generators uh, throughout the night and as well as this morning. And we still have generators that went online uh, around 3 o'clock this morning. Yeah. And uh, they're still running. So there there evidently is some tree limbs or some power lines down. I came through the Garner area uh, on my way here Yes, uh, from the Dunn area, and I seen uh, there were some power lines down uh, there. So there is some power outages going on today. Tell me how you know that the generators that customers have purchased, mm-hmm. tell me how you know that they're going. Well, if you purchase a generator through Comfort First, we install a, a separate Wi-Fi device, and we include mm-hmm. monitoring uh for our generators. Right. So all of our technicians that are on call, as well as the office personnel during office hours, as well as myself, yeah, we can sit there and pull up your generator and or, or all of our generators on a map, yeah. and we can kind of see what the active um, the activity of that generator is, is going on in real time. So right. we can see power outages um, throughout the North Carolina area because we have generators all over the state. Right. Uh, but we mainly concentrate here in the Raleigh-Durham area, and we can see what neighborhoods are going out. And it also gives us a good roadmap uh, as far as what what neighborhoods are most commonly out with power. Really? I mean, because it's usually specific areas. Hey, around the lakes, I mean. Uh, yeah, you're around the lake area, yeah. Middle Lakes, the Jordan Lake area. Uh, there's a lot of woods. There's a lot of trees, a lot yeah. of natural habitat. So you're going to have tree limbs uh, right. constantly falling uh, over towards the Hope Valley, Durham area. Yep, seems like a real popular area, and I think a little bit of that is uh, traffic, tree limbs, and also just the infrastructure of itself being a little bit older. Right. Um, and of course, you know all the construction that we're seeing in the Apex Carry area with the, the new roads and highways that are being put in, yeah. uh, constantly relocating those power lines and infrastructure to underground situations. Right. Uh, just that construction itself, there's there's power outages for that. We love our pine trees. Love them. We have these wonderful long-needle pine trees that appear to have very small root balls. Yeah. That And when you get a lot of rain and then a lot of wind— they just tip right over, and they're very close to the lines. Very close. Yeah. 
Yeah, the question, I don't think the question is, are we going to lose power? I think the question (laughs) is, how long is power going to be out? Yeah. Yeah. And when you get into these low-density areas, Mm -hmm. right, comparatively speaking, power goes out in downtown Raleigh, and at the same time, it goes out at Jordan Lake. Yes. What do you think they're focused on turning back on first? Correct. I was at a sales call this morning in um, Angiers, and the uh, customer was telling me, that when they do have a power outage, they're without power for 12 to right. 18 to 24 hours. Right. And a lot of that is because they're in such a rural community. Right. And then out in that area is mainly farmland area. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're going to be the one of the last ones that's going to be turned back on mm-hmm. uh, because of the you know, population per square mile. Right. So, uh, yes, it, it all depends on where you're at and the situation and how common your power outages are. And the length of power outages that you have is also take all those factors in, and that's what's going to tell you what size generator would be recommended for your for your purpose. All right, we're going to talk with Joel about generators, and we're going to convince you, I hope, that you realize these are not high high price and only for the rich guys. Right. In fact, Joel's not he's not doing a lot of business with the rich guys. He's doing a lot of business with other folks, regular folks with regular houses. Mm-hmm. You just, and you know, I, I don't want to put a price on those houses because it doesn't ever make sense now. It's right? just the middle class. It's it, the middle class It's the middle home. class home. That's right. Yeah, the rich people, if the power goes out, they just get on their plane and fly somewhere else. <laughs> well, all, all us, or they've already got All, all the rest of us yeah. minions have to figure out the, how to get the power back on. Yeah. It, you know, the most common people that have generators are ones that have it for one purpose. There's a reason, a sole purpose of either health yeah. uh, or surviving that they don't have a generator. But the biggest reason people are getting generators is because of the inconvenience that they have to their normal life. Yeah. And if you think about middle ca- middle class families, working parents, young kids, you know, uh, just, again, being out of their nor- normal routine. Right. It's an inconvenience. I want to be able to keep the the hamburgers cold, right? I want to yeah. keep the meat freezer going, and I want to watch Yellowstone. <laughs> All just, right. Or I want to be able to watch it, whether I watch it or not. That's Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Also in studio, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. We're going to have some time to talk about your business. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So are you doing more in attics or in crawl spaces right now? You know, it's it's funny. The weather really normally dictates what we're doing. So yeah. yesterday when it was nice and pleasant and I was wearing shorts riding the motorcycle around, yeah, yeah. everybody's calling for insulation. Today, I mean, there, but there's snow flurries out in the parking lot as we speak. Really? Yeah, yeah. as we were walking oh, in. Um, we're, we're getting a little bit of everything because the, yeah. the weather's so up and down. A um, lot of insulation calls. Not really a whole lot uh, about mold yet. Normally, customers start smelling the mold once, uh, once it gets back <laughs> to about 75, 80 degrees. Yeah. Then, then those smells start coming into your house. So that's when our phones start ringing over mold. But right now, it's house is hot on the hot days. It's cold on the cold days. Right. HVAC is only a few years old. What what can we do to correct this problem? Right. So we're getting a lot of insulation calls. You like a product called Radiant Barrier. He named the company after the this product. That's right. But that's not the only thing you do. Am oh, I correct? No. That no. We I, we do every insulation you can think of. You mean that if somebody just if they looked at their bonus room and they say, you know, I, I see the the joist, but I don't have any insulation. Mm-hmm. 
You you put in the uh, the pink stuff. We can, yeah. yeah. You know, I I attack every every customer the same way. What problems are you having? Right. What what issues are you wanting me to help you correct? Right. And if the customer says, "Oh, our house is nice and warm in the winter, uh, but in the summer it we cannot cool it down." Well, right. I've got three or four really good summer insulations that uh -huh. I can offer, all different pricing. My job is just to explain how it's installed. Right. how much it's going to cost, and what type of savings you can expect on your utility bill. Right. There are different types of insulation, but there's different types. As I've learned listening to you, different types of heat. There is. Last week, there was a fella, and if I remember this correctly, he was trying to put batted insulation, the pink stuff, mm -hmm. the rolled stuff, on the inside of his garage doors. Hmm. And I think you told them no. Well, it's not a good application for batted insulation. Right. You know, as we talked about, we have radiant, conductive, and convective heat. Okay. Batted insulation absorbs heat, kind of like a sponge. Right. Okay. Heat comes into that area, that insulation absorbs it. So it's constantly contracting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, swelling and contracting. That's, sure. That's why that stuff deteriorates. You get up into the Sags. attic 10 years later, <laughs> yeah. it's sagging, it's yeah. falling apart. Yeah. It's expanded and contracted with heat so many times it's losing its buoyancy. Yeah. Okay. On a garage door, okay, if you're absorbing the heat that's coming in through the door, eventually that heat's going to seep through, kind of like a waterlogged sponge. Mm -hmm. It can have too much water in it, and it's not absorbing any more water. Right. You want a reflective-grade insulation, something mm -hmm. that does not absorb it, but it reflects it back out of the garage space. Right. And a radiant barrier is that exact type of insulation. That's what it's designed for. And, and one thing to add to that is more people are using their garage for gyms um, purposes yeah. and yeah. they want a air conditioned system in there mm -hmm. and, right. it, and if they, if comfort first goes out there and does the proper load calculation and we look at that garage door it doesn't matter what type of air conditioner system mini split or ductless that they're going to put in that garage yeah. you're, you're going to have to address that garage door because you're just throwing all that money out the window and some jurisdictions yeah. won't even know you allow to put that install that HVAC system in that garage really? without without an insulated door with weather stripping. That's correct. Wow. All right. We'll we'll talk I'll more talk more. I'm gonna make you a promise, Brock. I am not gonna memorize or learn in any way the three types of heat. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. I'm gonna see you can do a lot of things with your brain. You can put a lot of information in your brain, but the best thing you can do is find somebody who knows about it. You just need to know a guy. Just need to know a guy. His name is his name is Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Also in studio, Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling on Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, with the best listeners that money can buy. The next caller with a question will win a, a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh, the place for lunch and dinner, or at least it'll be the place for your lunch and dinner next week, as soon as we send you the, the gift certificate. 
You don't have to come in. We'll send it out. 919-860-9783. In studio, Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Joel, talk me through this whole idea that this is not a rich man's proposition. Well, generators have become more popular. Yeah. Um, and they're not just for the 9,000-square-foot homes at the country club. Right. Okay? They're sized differently now. Uh, they're more affordable. The installation process is seamless. Yeah. And so it allows flexibility. And, and most of your top-notch dealers um, have qualified ability to to finance you as well, to give you some options so yeah. you don't have to just stroke that check. Right. Uh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an investment. You know, it is investment, but it's an investment of peace of mind. Yeah. So we have great financing, right. uh, 46 different plans of financing, basically. Some of it's a little bit too much involved. Yeah. Um, How far out can you stretch the financing? How many months is the, the max? We have 12 years. What? 12 years. I mean, so the people always ask me yeah. this question. What is my expectation for this generator to last? Okay. Sure. Now, you can get into different name brands and, and different models and what the average life expectancy of that particular name <laughs> brand and model has averaged out to be. Briggs and Stratton. <clears throat> Briggs and Stratton's going to last you. Yeah. It's going to last you. Yeah. It's all about that engine. But it doesn't matter what name brand you put in there. It's just like your HVAC equipment. If it is sized correctly for what you want the purpose to be, yeah. and if you maintain it, it's going to last, right? Right. So this is what I always tell customers. If, you're, if you um, are looking to just get a generator because you're on a, a specific type of income that you can only afford XYZ to, to put to that, then let's stretch it out. If you're going to sit here and – and know that you can handle a certain amount of a payment that's right. five years, right. afford it. But rest is, take in consideration, the only thing that you're going to have to invest in after the initial installation right. is just your general maintenance. And that's going to have a value as well. Right. Um, and there's times that we throw 10 and 12 years of maintenances in the agreement. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty nice, isn't it? That is nice. Yeah. So really, the only thing they have to worry about is just that monthly low payment so. making it clear you're maintaining it i'm never touching it and there ain't no pull cord there's no pull this cord. is not a briggs and stratton lawnmower this is a generator and it will kick on by itself once a week just to test yeah for how long 16 seconds 16 seconds and it'll shut down it'll shut down and then my power goes out like it might have done last night because mm -hmm. all the clocks were reading 12 o'clock when i you know the the microwave said 12 o'clock and blinking right so i lost power how long would it take for the thing to go on within seconds yeah within seconds you're going to have power on okay now here's the thing we install briggs and stratton yeah reason we install briggs and stratton is solely the engine Okay. Right. The engine speaks for itself. Uh, that particular engine on, on our Briggs and Stratton generators are engines that are not specifically built for a generator. They are used in many other pieces of equipment. Their sure. their their duty rating and longevity speaks for itself. It can okay. handle any type of application. Okay. The other thing about the reason we choose the Briggs and Stratton Power Protect DX series, which mm -hmm. is what we install, 
is it has the best warranty from the manufacturer. And what is that warranty? Ten-year parts, ten-year labor. I still can't get over the 12-year finance. You can't get a new car and finance it for 12 years. If that yeah. doesn't tell you how not, durable absolutely these right. machines really are, yeah. I mean, that's that, that speaks for itself. You know, there's some manufacturers out there that their life expectancy has only been 12 to 15 years. Right. And then I look back at that and I say, was that generator sized correctly for what the usage was? was at the house number Mm -hmm. one and i'm not talking about the kilowatt size i'm talking about if did we put like 600 hours of runtime on that generator did we put a thousand hours of runtime if that was the case maybe we should have got out of an air-cooled generator and gone to a liquid generator which is going to keep that engine block a little bit lower in temp right we're not going to be you know using a high pressure fan to just cool the cabinet that's something and and look at what the cost is it is a it is a significant cost difference to go from an air cooled generator to a liquid cool. Right. But sometimes you have to look at that. If I'm sitting here saying, Brock is telling me, Joel, I lose power yeah. three days a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. not, not three consecutive days, but I'm losing total mm-hmm. hours three days a month or two days a month. I would kind of think, well, let's see how long you've been doing that. Well, it's yeah. been 10 years. Yeah. Well, I yeah. may be saying, let's go to a liquid cool really? generator. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it will last longer over, and it will run longer. It's going to be a bigger engine, right? Okay, and it's going to have a radiator in it. Yeah. Okay, it's going to have a water pump. It's going to have everything that you see under the hood of a car. So it's going to right. be able to handle. And let's go. Let's what put it in terms where everybody can understand it. Yeah. It's going to handle the mileage that you're going to want to put on it. Right. Right. I, you know, I ride motorcycles, and right. you can get an air-cooled or a liquid-cooled motorcycle. An air-cooled motorcycle, you don't want to sit on in a traffic jam. It's like sitting on a stove. Oh, it's relying right. on the air to cool the motor. Mm-hmm. Sure. A liquid-cooled, something that has a, 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 radiator. a radiator, you're right. pumping fluid through it to keep it cooler. It is. It's going to last longer. It's going to run at a lower temp. You're going to get mm-hmm. better use out of it. It's not going to overheat. Right. And most of your air-cooled uh, generators are 3,600 RPMs. That's how much revolution that engine has to turn to get you 60 hertz. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, liquid cool is going to be like a throttle on your car. It's going to throttle up, throttle down. It's going to standardly run around 1,800 RPM. So it's not having to, the stress. So therefore, it's not going to have the heat that an air cooled. Now, air cooled engines are great. That's 99.99% of what the generators you'll see on a residential application. Okay. What you got to look at, though, is you got to look at is what am I trying to if am I putting a 15 kW generator on a house that has a 10 kW three and a half ton heat pump? Right. I don't think that's a good idea. Right. Number one, if you didn't install it correctly, chances are you're really stressing that generator out. Right. And it's just like everything. We don't want to calculate everything at an under load of 100 percent. Okay. Right. All right. We we want a little bit of fudging, a little bit of factor to give and take, right? We right. we want to be able to say, okay, this generator can go up to this level, but we want it to run at this level just to kind of keep the stress off of it. Right. And it uh, that's all about engineering, it's all about design, it's all about installation. And it it, it goes back to ins- insulation for right. a house. Right. You could cut corners and still meet the minimum requirements, but are you getting the best efficiency? Right, Brock? That's right. There's, there's some fellow on cable TV always talking about code. He's a Canadian fellow, and he says, <laughs> oh, sure, you can build it to code, but, you know, 
Uh, Why don't you do it better, uh, eh? Yeah, he doesn't have a just wears bib overalls and a blonde hair. Does the reason? <laughs> it's, the reason it's called minimum code requirement. Right. Let's yeah. let's not go for the minimum. Let's see if we can do a little bit better. All right. Telephone number here is nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. The um, best listeners that hamburgers can can buy. Uh, it should, I said money earlier. <laughs> we don't have money for you. We do have a gift certificate from High Park Bar and Grill. I'll take the next two callers. In fact, if you're on the line and you call, and you're probably probably going to be a lucky uh, person. Uh, this is uh, uh, High Park Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh, $25 gift certificate with the next couple of questions. 919-860-9783. Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. And, of course, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here. Joel Worsham from Comfort First Heating and Cooling. And here is Linda in Raleigh. Hi, Linda. How you doing? Hello. Good. Speak right up and tell us what your question is. What my question? I would, thought I was calling in for like number one, two, or three. Oh, Linda, <laughs> Linda, you can you can eat on me at a High Park Bar and Grill, but you've got to come up with a a generator question or a question for Brock Emmons that in, involves okay. insulation I, or crawl space issues. I got a generator question. Go ahead. I have a gas generator. Gas? Oh, you do. Yeah. All right. And my husband bought it new, and yes. he's passed away. And I think we used it two times, and I have no idea how to start it. <laughs> okay. Is it a portable? Is it a portable gas generator? Um, yeah, I can pull it around. It's like forty six hundred or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, typically they will have a, a electric start on them. Uh, with a kill switch and and then a start button and some of them have a pull pull rope. Uh, my suggestion is to get some type of small engine repair company out there to kind of make sure it it starts and it runs and it's right. safe. And then well, expl- it's gas. It doesn't run off of electricity. Yeah, it runs off a of natural. It runs off a of regular gas like you get at your gas station. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it generates electricity. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Yes, it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. Now, Linda. When your husband had it, did he ever run it? Yeah. We yeah, he did. Did he hook it to the house? Yes, that's what I can't figure out. I know you have to plug one in first, and then you wait and you do the other one. Yes. And I don't know how it goes. You need an expert, Linda. Yeah, you need to have somebody come out there and just do a walkthrough on that. <laughs> yeah, do not try to reset yourself and shock yourself. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, Linda... When thus that sort of thing operates, you cannot have it in the garage, even Absolutely. though it's stored in the garage. No, no, it's stored in a little building out back. Stored out back, yeah. And just pull it right out there. Well, Linda, that qualified as a, as a very good question. Let me just tell you that you have won a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner with daily food and drink specials, including Fried chicken, prime rib, 
and the $6 burger on Fridays, indoor and outdoor seating at available and they are at 625 East Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. I would ask for inside seating today as I've learned it's snowing. It's cold Linda, thank you very much. I'm going to put you on hold, although I do suspect that our fella has already gotten your information. Linda, congratulations. Um, try to get Linda's email address if she has an email. I'm, I'm going to start trying to do that. Tyler in Raleigh, welcome to the radio program. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. You're on with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. What's going on? I got a question for you. So with these generators and their warranties, are they transferable to like a new homeowner? They are. They are. And yes. then Okay, and then what are the limitations? Like, what are y'all checking for when you do the warranty checks? Are y'all looking at hours or just time or what what goes on with that? So the that great, makes sense? Yeah, the great thing about uh, Briggs and Stratton generators, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. The great thing about Briggs and Stratton generators is that the warranty is with the unit, model number, serial number. It's not with the homeowner or the address, so it doesn't matter if you sell it, move, have it reinstalled in another place. The warranty also is not validated if you have it regularly maintained or whatever. It just cannot be abused, and it cannot be an act of God. Right, so gotcha. the the warranty itself is going to cover the whole entire inside of the generator, uh, all its components. Is is if it's a manufactured defect or a failed part, uh, it's going to be covered. Gotcha. That's good. That's good. I appreciate Tyler. It. Hold on. Congratulations. You have just won a twenty five dollar oh. gift certificate to High Park Barn Grill, the place for lunch and dinner, daily food and drink specials, including fried chicken. Prime rib, guys, help me out with this. Fried chicken, prime rib, and the $6 burger. burger on Fridays. Indoor and outdoor seating available, 625 East Whitaker Mill Road. Tyler, hold on. We'll get your Thanks. details. Please leave your email address. I'm going to get a collection of email addresses and that we can just send people information. And as soon as they tell me they don't want to get emails from me, I'll stop. <laughs> we got to put an unsubscribe link yeah, on there. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll make a way Make away. They, they, all they have to do is pick up the phone. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling in studio. I actually have another certificate. You do? So 919-860-9783 is our number on making your home great. So, Brock, tell me about people trying to work on insulating the room above the garage. Mm. So I mean, this, this one's a, a common one. Yeah. Uh, we run into this on a daily basis. A lot of us have these finished rooms above our garage. Yeah, I'm and, one. And yeah, you're one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them. I'm one as well. I've yeah. got a, a bedroom above our garage. That is notoriously the room that is the hottest room in the summer and yeah. the coldest room in the winter. Why is that? Well, a few different variables. So, Joel, I'll ask you. The room above your garage... Are, is part of the ceiling vaulted? It is. It is. Yes. That's what they call a cathedral ceiling. Mm -hmm. When you finish a room above the garage, a lot of uh, homeowners mm -hmm. insulate the roof deck, and then they put drywall on it. So you're very limited on how much insulation you can use mm -hmm. because you are impeded by the depth of the roof rafters. Right. The other variable is your garage. Your garage is not insulated. Unless you paid right. to have it insulated during right. construction, 
the exterior walls of your garage do not have insulation. That is right. not a code requirement. Even if it's drywalled, because I nope. had a house that had drywall on it, we always assumed it was insulated. No, probably was not. Wow. So, and you know, some of the good builders will mm -hmm. insulate them. They yeah. know the importance, but uh, a lot of these, you know, houses that they put up in a neighborhood in three weeks and it's already yeah. built and everything yeah most of the time you're not going to have insulation in those garages so those that garage gets very hot in the summer it gets very yeah. cold in the winter yeah. well heat rises cold air falls mm -hmm. so in the winter the reason that room is so cold is all that cold air from outside is falling mm -hmm. through the roof through mm -hmm. your insulation into that space mm -hmm. In the summer, all the heat in the garage is rising up into that room above it. Mm -hmm. So there are some ways to um, tweak that. Uh, we have been very, very successful as far as our uh, customer feedback has uh, given us after these types of installs. Yeah. But there is a reflective radiant barrier insulation that is white. Okay. And it has become increasingly popular installing it directly to the drywall on the ceiling of the garage. Oh. No, oh. it's not silver, like your traditional yeah. radiant barrier, which, of course, would stand out like a sore thumb. Right. Mm -hmm. So the manufacturer and distributor started uh, designing a white-faced material yeah. so we could apply it to the ceiling of your garage, tape up the seams. You can still see it, right. but it ties in kind of, uh, well, a lot better than a big silver foil ceiling. Right. Well, that's going to keep the heat in your garage contained in your garage. That yeah. heat's not going to be rising up into that room above it. So it makes a measurable impact in the summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the winter, there are a lot of different ways that we can beef up the insulation in that space. Um, but it is a common problem. This is something a lot of people in the area are calling us questioning, uh, you know, what can we do? I don't want to have to rip the roof off. I don't want to pull down the drywall. What right. options do I have? Right. The only recommendation I would have is reach out to us. This is something that we we do and deal with uh, on a daily basis at triangleradiantbarrier.com. And this is a product for you. It's a rolled type product that you put up on there. You staple it in? We can. Yeah, you can you, use a 516th commercial grade staple. Right. Um, we can use an adhesive. Right. We try to get feedback from the customer and find out how they would like to have it applied. And right. And we're going to do the best we can to, to abide by that. I can imagine that. Would it work on the walls of the, the garage also? It does. We have a lot of customers that do that, um, especially if you're wanting to do, and, you know, Joel and gym. I were talking about uh, off the air. A yeah. lot of customers are converting the garages into a gym or yeah. a, a workbench area. Yeah. That's where they, they, and they're putting in mini splits, these yep. little Mitsubishi mini, well, there's a few brands, sure. but these little mini split systems have become very popular. Well, if you put a mini split in a garage and you don't insulate it, yeah. That's like running your air conditioner in your house with all the windows open. It's like putting the the window air conditioner on the lawn, plugging it in, and turning it on. Yeah, it's really not going to do what you're you're hoping for. But yeah. if you can insulate that space with a radiant barrier on the walls and ceiling, then put the air conditioner in there, Right, boy, you can get it pretty cool. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it will look, you know, a little bit like drywall it looks a little bit like drywall my guys are really good during the install we try yeah. to get all the the ripples out of it make it uh, look as smooth as possible it's almost like a wallpaper is mm -hmm. the best way to when yeah. we're done like a white wallpaper but it works really really well and you told me you can't paint it because it's got what it does it is perforated it is perforated yeah if you use any insulation a, a, a sheet material insulation yeah. um and you intend on putting it above your head on the ceiling of the garage or yeah. in your attic 
you do want that to be a perforated product in North Carolina. Okay. Hmm. Because the air goes is going to go through. Moisture and relative humidity is an issue here. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. If it's not perforated, then you can trap moisture in that space and actually cause a condensation problem. We obviously do not want to do that, so right. we use a machine-grade perforated product. Five perfs is a code. Mm-hmm. We use a 7.5, so it's 50% more perforations per square inch. He's yeah. always going better than code, eh? Hey. Well, let me, let me ask you. Exceed code. So let me, <laughs> we, we have a house, uh, not myself, but a customer of ours that we installed a generator for, a 6,000 square foot house, Oof. faulted Oof. ceilings everywhere, Yep. you know, yeah. 25 feet up in there. Right. With wood plank, not sheetrock. Okay. Okay. And at the peak of the at a certain time of the year, yeah, the customer was telling us that the wood would he had he had it all sanded and stained when he bought the house, mm-hmm. but the wood would 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 get brown like a blackish, mm-hmm. okay. And so he brought his painter back in. They they resanded it, restained it, and then they sealed it with polyurethane. The black colored wood went away, but guess what? Huh. He has rain droplets of condensation yep. forming up at the top of his ceiling. Yep. That's it, what and, happened. And he would see it run down the wood. And, of course, mm-hmm. eventually you see that water stain. That's right. Condensation. Yeah. You know, what I, is that from? That Well, it's not breathing properly. Right. So my assumption is it's probably a cathedral ceiling. Oh, yeah. So there's no, there. no attic space above it. There is attic. I crawled up there. I, actually, he, I went up there with my relative humidity meter to see what the humidity level was in that attic. Yeah. And, and then I got on a 12-foot ladder and taped my meter to a 10-foot stick just to see what it was at the peak yeah. and see what the difference was the two, and there was none. Was there a difference? Do you was, remember the humidity uh, oh, percentage? It was, it was like 68%. Yeah. Once you go north of 65, you can reach uh, condensation and right. dew point. Yeah. That's why we've talked on the yeah. show in a crawl space, you want the humidity in the 50s. Yeah. Right. Once you get up into the high 60s, low 70s, then then you can start causing condensation issues. All right, let's right. We'll talk about crawl spaces coming up with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier and Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. We are going to discuss how you size a, a generator mm-hmm. for a house because there are some people who say, I just need it for this and that. We'll talk about that coming up next on Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great. I'm Dave Alexander. We have Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. We're going to talk to Joel about sizing a generator because I don't need the biggest. I might need to just run one or two appliances. The blender and the HVAC. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> the blender. So, <clears throat> typically, yeah. Um, what you should do is, well, what I do is I ask the customer, "What are you wanting to be controlled by the generator? Yeah. What, what is? Let's make a list. What is the most important? What is my least important? And what I don't need at all? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna try to give you everything on the first two lists. Okay. Typically, I can, once I do my calculations, because that's what it is. It's an engineering scientific uh-huh. calculation that uh-huh. we have to determine that it's going to tell us what the minimum kilowatt size would be for the generator. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> and then we go from there. And there's and we look at, we look at what the cost is for generator A, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and what would be the cost for generator B, and mm-hmm. what's the significant difference? Many people just go out there. How many square foot is your house? Right. Oh, it's two thousand square foot. Oh, you're going to be X Y Z type generator, right? And they didn't do a calculation. It's just the most popular generator size that they sell. Sure. Okay, that's fine. That's not a problem. But what if that cold night, mm-hmm. 18 degrees, that heat pump's running hard, and all of a sudden that 15 kW heat strip comes on, and you mm-hmm. didn't size that generator accordingly to handle that heat strip. You sized it accordingly to handle that heat pump, right? and you didn't size it accordingly to handle that heat strip. Well, then you got a problem. Generators were really developed up, they were an up north product. Sure. Most popular, right? Yep. Yep. Up there, everything is boiler. There's gas furnaces. Yeah. They don't know what heat strips are, right? The The electric heat that they have now is that mini-split mini split ductless right. technology. Right. Down here in the south, you're going to see the heat strips in the, in the air condition, and typically your air condition is going to be your largest load right. because we use air condition more and longer in a season. Right. Well, you still have those occurrences that when that – bitter colds coming in and those heat strips are running that heat pump can't keep up you better have that generator size correctly so when you size it you add up i'm I'm assuming there's numbers load numbers that's right for all of the things that i really need yes hvac i need that stove to run yes maybe one burner two burners well all of our generators we're going to try to give you your whole entire house the whole house okay we're going to try to give you your whole entire house so dave doesn't have to sit there and call me up at sunday yeah. night and go now joel what what did i is my refrigerator in my garage on the generator yeah yeah well no well i thought i asked you that we're going to give it to you okay we're going right. to we're going to give you oh, the whole house yeah Joel, how can I get my car out of my garage? My garage door opener doesn't go up. Well, it's not on your generator. <laughs> you <Pull know>? the, <laughs> so you got to take it. No, no, no. I know enough to pull the red handle <laughs> and then pull the door. But you see my point. Yeah. We look at. You want you, the whole house. Yeah. If you have a sewer pump. Oh. We're going to look at that. Yeah. You know, so we want to try to give you everything you possibly can have. Right. Please, and of course, please include the sewer pump. Nobody yeah. <laughs> wants to find out after the fact the sewer pump was not included. I, I don't. Have, e- I don't even know what a sewer pump is, but I want it to run. I have not had a house yet that I cannot get everything on it. Everything on. Everything okay. on it. All right. And yeah, and you want to get the sub pump on. You definitely want the sump pump running if yeah. you have a sump pump. My it's funny. My uh, my family grew up with a sub pump underneath the house in the in the basement right it was the boys bathroom mm-hmm. it really was but God, you bet you yes <laughs> oh absolutely we had we had eight people in the house in one bathroom we needed an alternate okay so so the point is but but people i hope you didn't try to return that sump pump when it went out <laughs> Return it? No. Ma- you imagine what the, the, the ground smelled like the, around it in the wintertime. I don't time, have to. When the humidity is low and it, it's pulling that moisture out no, of it. No, no. Would you, you would just go and we and then it would pump. You know, sometimes if there were three or four of us, you know, going in, you know, one and then two and then three, we would actually kick on the, 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 the machine. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. D- Dave really had to go and the float went up, turned on the machine. People don't generally have these here, do they? Yeah. Well, they, yes, they do. Yeah. They do? Yeah, it, it's yeah. very common. Yeah. Uh, you, If you have a crawl space, the, the best way to keep water out of your crawl space is an exterior French drain. Yeah. 
That is a drain that goes around the outer perimeter um, of the of the home. Yeah, catches the water before it has an opportunity to come up as groundwater and relocate it to another area. That's typically done by a landscaping company. Correct. However, yeah, a lot of our customers do not have that as an option because they have a driveway out in front of their house. Sure. Or they have uh, cement walking paths. Uh, they, they don't want to tear up all of the concrete to put down a, a drain. Right. Ends up being very expensive. So a secondary way of getting the water out of the crawl space is a sump pump and basin. Mm-hmm. And this is a, essentially a, corrugate, a, a perforated drum that you bury in the, the uh, low spot of the yeah. crawl space. Yeah. Hook up a sump pump in it. When water gets down there, it fills up the basin. The pump pumps the water out. Right. And you're able to keep your crawl space uh, dry, which I probably don't need to go into more explanation on why a dry crawl space is better than a wet crawl it's space. The under- it's the life of the home. It is. It's, that's, it's the whole life of the home. Humidity underneath your house is going to kill it. Yeah. Humidity under the house is going to kill what? Kill the. It's going to kill your house. Oh yes. Your, your oh, mold yes. is. Go, I mean, some people go twenty years and never open that little door. You would be surprised how often I hear that. Yes. You, you know, you you try to you come out and you try to open it and you realize the thing is jammed because the house is settled and there's no way to get in. Mm-hmm. But you get in there and it's the first time the homeowner has seen it. Well, you know, if you think about it, your your plumbing is under the house. Right. Your, your electrical is under the house. In most cases, uh, your HVAC, air handling unit, or ductwork are underneath the home. Mm-hmm. Well, so if you've got a moist, damp environment covered in mold, covering yep. your electrical and, and, you know, infiltrating your air handling unit, getting into the airflow that's blowing into your home, right? it doesn't really make for good um, indoor air quality. Right. So getting down there and taking steps to prevent mold growth from happening, sanitize the crawl space, you know, dehumidifier, air induction, better plastic, better insulation. There's there's a lot that goes into it. But I can tell you, once you get a whole bunch of mold, it is a very expensive problem to have. Mm -hmm. So preventing it. Okay, we've you know mechanics will tell you preventative maintenance. Don't wait till your brakes are so bad they're grinding right. before you replace them. It's the same with your crawl space. Don't wait till it gets to that point because it's going to cost a lot of money. And if you're thinking, oh, it's no big deal, we're going to sell this house in a few years. <laughs> where do you think the inspector goes? They always the go second down he there. gets yeah. to the yeah. house. Yeah, he's going underneath it, and if he yeah. comes out of there saying, oh my gosh. It's covered in mold. All the electrical's covered in mold. Yeah. There's, you know, bacteria growth down there. Well, you just ran off your buyer. It's just right. unhealthy. All right. Now, mold used to be, you would say mold, and people would just collapse. Panic. Yeah. They'd panic. Mm-hmm. But it can be remediated. Oh, of course it can. And and I'll be frank. We're Triangle Radiant Barrier is not an expensive company to uh-huh. do mold remediation. Okay. Okay. We've seen lots of our competitors' uh, estimates. Yeah. We use higher quality materials, and in most cases, for much less than our competitors are charging. We care more that the customer gets it done okay. than we do about profiting on it. Got to wrap it up. How do we get in touch with you? TriangleRadiantBarrier.com or 919-986-8808. 986-8808.
Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. What number can we reach you at? Our telephone number is 919-777-1777, or you can go to www.yourcomfortfirst.com. Very good. And we're going to buy a generator for from Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Air, even, Heating and Cooling, even though... It's an HVAC company. We're gonna we're gonna do that. Well, we're we're an HVAC slash generator company. Generator company. This is making your home great.